unfit for recruit training. I tried to react stoically, like how a soldier would at the doctor as he said what he also scribbled as his pronouncement in my chart. I'm sorry, you're 14 pounds underweight. But I've always been skinny, I said. It's not a problem. My entire family's thin. If anything happened to you during training, son, they'd hold me responsible. I'd lose my license. Didn't they need people? The Vietnam War had ended four years ago. The draft had ended a year before that. As the stream of recruits dried up, the military wasn't just fishing for volunteers. It was breaking out the trawlers. Recruiters were dangling bait, signing bonuses, and GI Bill contribution matching for those saving for college. I got netted without even knowing of those incentives. I'd signed my enlistment contract that morning. But here was the doctor, holding me up to the light, scrutinizing me to assess whether I was big enough to keep, then throwing me back. They needed people, I guessed, just not me. I walked back to the lobby where Dale and our recruiting officer, Sergeant Jack Evans, were waiting. I tried to shrug casually, but the expression on my face told them I'd been rejected. I filled in the details, if not my pants. You gave it your best shot, kid, I expected Evans to say. He would slug me on the shoulder and traipse off happily with the athletic Dale. Instead, Evans gave me my first military order, unless you count the doctor who'd ordered me to drop my pants. Eat, he commanded. You have eight days before Dale ships out for Paris Island. Go home and eat, and we can reweigh you the day he leaves. You can do it. Pack on the pounds. But, I said, he was already gone. Earlier that day, I'd met Evans in his drab, monochromatic recruitment office in New Orleans to formally enlist. When Dale and I walked in, Evans jumped up and strode across the room to meet us. Bolstered by the good manners instilled in me by my mother, I extended my hand and said my first and last name as if he wanted to hear it. He was the best-looking man I'd ever seen in person. The uniform helped. Tight pants painted on his well-muscled legs, short sleeves practically bursting with biceps. He worked a gleaming smile from a square jaw. He looked as if he'd hopped off one of the posters that lined the walls. I was meeting the model for the few, the proud, the Marines. I didn't find out until much later that as soon as I wasn't looking, Evans had cocked his head at Dale as if to ask, What the fuck is with this guy? You expect him to be a Marine? Once we were all seated around a cheap melamine desk, I listened as Evans droned on about how impressive my time in his corps would look like on my future resume. Writing a resume seemed about as real to me as joining the Marines, which still hadn't sunk in, despite the fact that I was sitting in the recruitment office. Although Dale had suspected that I might be motivated less by abstract incentives and maybe more by the concrete prospect of showering with bunches of naked men, and I was, he'd warned me that, both here in the recruitment office and in actual boot camp, I would need to keep my shit together, and keep that shit to myself. I kept it together and to myself as Evans outlined my options for enlistment. He referred to anything cool as his, as in my core and my rifle. I read the boastful slogans on the banners that were hanging in his office. I didn't look like the men on the posters, but maybe I would by the time boot camp was over. I was afraid of what I looked like. It's no wonder I'd always been thin. Family meals at my house were sporadic, chaotic. My mom was always either working or going to college, so every meal was tossed together with little care 
or by little hands. When I was four, I had no idea what caused breakfast. According to television, it was a mom. And so I gaped as my six-year-old brother Brad stood in front of the stove. He was a dwarf orchestra conductor, reaching his arms up high to stir the scrambled eggs in a skillet he couldn't see. It wasn't unusual for all of us to have to pitch in. With four sons, my mother imagined she had a little labor force. She made a chore wheel and hung it on the kitchen wall. Each week, our chores rotated. It was a good plan in theory. In practice, my ten-year-old self had a hard time pushing a loaded grocery store cart around corners. I compared milk prices because I saw women shopping do that. But in the end, I just picked two gallons up and added them to the cart already burdened with groceries for six.